Carla and Vindanitos. This is Josh Blake of the Panic Club Podcast. Version 2.0, episode 73. Walking in the rain, guys. So I find it kind of funny because, like, I'm doing all these different things to make just everything go. Like in all the directions. <laughs> like creativity is kind of hitting me. And as I'm working on all these other things, I'm seeing all these other directions that I want to work towards with my artwork. Like the photography is really kind of becoming like a, a focal point, which is really kind of cool, honestly, because I never really thought I was going to focus so much on photography as much as I am because I really only thought I was just going to use it to take pictures of my artwork. I never thought I was going to like walk around and take shoots and take pictures of people and do all this stuff with film. I really didn't think I was going to go back to film, but I, I just love working with film kind of funny. It's that old school feeling of making artwork with your hands, but a different type of artwork. But it still happens. Something really cool about sending off like film and then it comes back these pictures are really beautiful. Like you worked at that. You, you got to that point. And it turned out really beautiful. It's very unexpected. That's kind of what I like about it. It's silly how that works too. Because like, I know, I knew I knew how to do this. I've done it before. There you go. I'm like cooking right now. (laughs) And it's, uh, it's it's scaring me a little bit. (laughs) There we go. I'm making grits. I haven't made grits in a while. Normally Alec makes them. I don't really make them. But, uh, yeah, it's turned out pretty cool. They look good. They look good as grits. Grits and salmon. And pescatarian. Which means I I eat fish, and I eat vegetables, and I really don't eat anything else. Well, I don't eat anything else, actually. I, uh... A long time ago... I used to eat it. Well, I, I was brought up kind of mostly vegetarian. I mean, you guys have already heard this story, but I was brought up vegetarian, and then pescatarian, and then in college, I tried to kind of break away from it and eat, like, lots of different types of foods, and it just didn't work. (laughs) It just, my stomach was like, oh, no, you're not. You're not going to start doing this now. I don't have very good taste. So, I mostly make my own food. I don't really, uh... 
I don't eat out very... I mean, we, we get, like, Chinese food and stuff, but we don't typically eat out too much. We, we'll do, like, sushi and really a lot of, like, vegetable stuff. I feel like the world's getting better about making options for people who don't eat, you know? We don't eat chicken and stuff like that, but... Kind of rare. The moments are are kind of in between on whether or not you'll find anything that's actually worth making or cooking or well, not cooking, worth going out and spending money on. Like even you go to like buffet places, like there's not a lot of great options out there. But I kind of wish we were in California or Oregon. Hell, even Asheville would be better, just for food options. So I, I made some stewed squash. So it's got like squash, and tomatoes, all that stuff. Uh, let me see. To let you know about what I'm doing as far as my, my dieting. I took Lynn's advice. nuts to my day-to-day, not just lots and lots and lots of fruit. So that seems to be doing pretty well. My inflammation in my hands feels a lot better, so I figured maybe I was going too far, too overboard with uh, my fruit intake. So you learn a little each day. I've got all these cookbooks my mom keeps giving me that are all vegan, so trying out stuff. It actually, most of it's really, really good, actually. Which, I mean, I knew it was going to be. I'm not opposed to veganism by any means. I just don't... I don't see... I'm not offended by other people eating meat, I guess. Which is typically kind of how a lot of people who I've known have been vegan kind of are. So, yeah. Not say that all of them are, but what I'd know. It's my way to get comic books because I feel like being creative without any outlets is kind of insanity. Like you, you go to all these great lengths to just have like this just spurt of just imaginative power. And it'd be great if it only came from you, but like you live in society. The way the leaves fall, the way the antlers curve, the way books sound, the way another artist makes a line, like they're all relative. And a lot of times it's just enjoying yourself. Like you have to stop making every moment and just enjoy yourself sometimes. That's why I have Netflix. That's why I have music. That's why I eat foods that aren't just protein powders and ground up vegetables fruits and stuff. It's not enough. I gotta enjoy this stuff. It's kind of weird because I think a lot of times people don't necessarily get that 
Like, we all gotta kind of make stuff. Like, I think some of the best artists I know sometimes draw other people's creations. Like, they'll draw the Silver Surfer. They'll draw stuff with Legos. They'll draw, you know, everything. It just means more at some point. I wish I could I mean I wish all that I all that I was was just sitting under a blanket and then coming up with ideas and then making it into reality and then just running with it, but like that feels like madness sometimes. You can't always be like your sole inspiration by yourself. It just doesn't work that way. Tom, Mochi, and Mull are doing quite well, actually, for those who want to know. Those are my cats and my dog. <laughs> Some of you have seen them in my blog posts, on my Patreon, on my Instagram, occasional Facebook, whenever I use that thing. And they're doing well, actually. There was a time, though, when, uh, Everybody was having stomach issues. That was troubling. Mole had them because she was old. Tom has them because he's a little kitty. And sometimes, not every, you know, it's like IBS, you know. Sometimes people have it. Sometimes they don't. It's just kind of what goes on. I'm not really sure where Mochi had it. I think Mochi was getting into Mole's water. And Mole is old and has gross breath. So it might, be, it might have uh, turned Mochi's stomach a little bit. So, eh. But everything's okay right now. Everything's normal. They're all just kind of running around, being crazy. Mole's more laying about, being crazy. She's uh, perpetually a couch potato, which is normal because she's, I believe she's 13 now. So, and a 13 year old dog, Dotson, is gonna just, you know, live life however she wants to live life doesn't really have anything else to do with anything else. <laughs> so, that's fine. I worry sometimes she's losing her hearing a little bit, though. You call her and she just doesn't... It's not even like she's ignoring you. She just doesn't hear you. doesn't wake her up. doesn't do anything. So, just taking care of her. Making sure everything's alright. Tom and Mochi, you know, just... They're crazy. And so... They zoom all over the place. And then they just pass out wherever they are. It's kind of funny <laughs> to see them just kind of sit down all of a sudden in the middle of the floor and then the sit becomes a lay and then the lay becomes a feeder pointed up in the air and everybody's just passed out. So, they're just funny. They bring a lot of joy to my life. I guess that's kind of what this episode's about. We're going to call it uh, Joy Amongst Cats. And a dog. Probably not that. Uh, trying to think of a good name. I'll think of something clever. I'll have the word joy in it. Uh, yeah.
the truth and you'll find me hard to anchor. I see this kind of world that we can just be everything. And I know that's a lie. Like we are cookie cold, we are cookie cuttered in a lot of cases on what we get to be and how we get to live our lives. I find it funny because a lot of people get really angry when you say that. They they think that they are boundless in their possibilities. And I guess in a lot of ways they they're they're true to their contemplation of what their boundaries are what their limits are but they're still kind of dreaming in that kind of sphere there's this uh, Tumblr quote I saw a while back where it said the the dream of Americans or the American dream is bullshit because they tell you basically your dream is to get a good job work really hard have nice things but in actuality like your real dream is you want to just have nice things and not have to really do anything (laughs) so in essence you're not really living the the dream when you when you have to work like extra 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 hard to have the things you have society's kind of told you like no you're supposed to work really really hard and then you'll be rewarded but like that's not always how things work sometimes you just work really hard and you kind of end up with whatever you end up with it's, it's a very hard and bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> I think painting's like that. I think painting's honest that way. Like, you can work really hard at it and never really get what you want out of it. You can work on a painting and an image and push the paint and the ink across the canvas, making that endless ocean noise. And for hours and hours and days and days and years and months and all these things, It might not turn out the way you want it to. It could be completed, but it might not be beautiful at the end of it. It's that whole style versus reality thing. You have an idea of what you'd like your style to be before you you come to it. And then the reality is your style is what your style is. Like, you may never be good with hands and feet drawing might learn cheats like the rest of us do where we're like alright so I make a shape and then I I kind of cut through it and then I go back and then I I wash over it and then I go back and then I do this and I do that you know what gloves and mittens are amazing I'm going to do gloves and mittens (laughs) I'm going to do weird poses where the hands are always kind of tucked or caught in a specific way and never kind of bent like a claw or anything of that nature I remember this one painting I did of this, the top half of this nude woman who's got her arms kind of crossed over herself, over her head. And the fingers are perfect. Like, I remember when people saw it, they were like, that hand is amazing. That's the best hand I've ever seen anyone ever do. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I can't do that again. (laughs) I don't know how I did that. I don't remember how I came to that point. I think I was just drawing literally like at least a drawing a day. I was at least doing like a full-fledged, like real-ass painting a day. And for maybe like 300 days. And then I just became perpetually great at it. 
and then, you know, I hit a, I hit a stopping point where I was just tired and exhausted and a little sick and I stopped doing it and then, you know, kind of fell back off again. It was just, it's a weird thing how practice works. You can practice, become better at everything, but like ultimately, like if you're not good at it, you might struggle forever. I can do feet, I can do hands now, I can do ears, I can do faces, necks, shoulders, collarbones, hips, knees, elbows. Don't know if I can do assholes. Never tried to draw an asshole before. But, you know, tomorrow's another day. You know? <laughs> That's so gross. That's so, it's just a weird thing to say. But it's, it's just, it's funny how that works. Like, I, I never practiced drawing landscapes really I can I just don't practice it I don't enjoy it and I think there's a reality that sets in about that like you can be anything you can dream yourself to be but your dreams are still limited to what you're exposed to I see a lot of people who as artists like they don't they have a specific style they want to be anime artists so they have a specific way in which they draw and they don't draw really anything else and so they're limited on that aspect I myself am limited as well um, I know a lot of realistic artists who they can't do fun work like they just don't have it they don't you can't see my hands though I'm doing all these things um, they're just they're, they're so limited on these things like there's something you said about like looking through all these different art styles I find it funny how like some of my favorite artists are artists who don't draw anything like what I draw they don't paint like what I paint they don't do any of that stuff we're all so fucking different and it's just such a beautiful kind of cherished moment to not be the same the the uh difference is, is kind of the beautiful part of it the ability to have like variety and I don't know passion I see some of these artists who do like amazing ink they, they don't do ink I'm sorry not ink they do like amazing like gouache work and oil work and like I do gouache but I don't do gouache the way they do gouache and they don't do ink the way I do ink Definitely, I don't even do oils because I the smell of it makes me kind of nauseous. It gives me a headache. Um, that's why I don't do it. It's always funny because people have asked me for years, "Why don't you get into oils?" And I was like, "I tried oils once in college. I I never had the headache that I had until I did it, and so I never went back to it. I even gave my oils away that I had for years because they were so bad." Like, I, I, I touched them with my fingers, and they felt kind of horrible. So. This is life, you know? We just have to... we got to figure out how to dream more expansively. Yeah. some sort in my life I developed a uh, alcohol allergy 
that it sucks on so many levels <laughs> because like there was nothing I used to like more than like dealing with stress than just like pouring myself a glass and then just drinking until I stopped remembering all that stuff. I stopped not remembering, but it was the last thing in my mind to cut the edge off of it. I realize how that sounds like an alcoholic statement. <laughs> Maybe it is, I don't know. Uh, I think it is, but I get how it sounds that way. The need of something like that to really get into my mind's perspective. But, uh, yeah, no, I drink, and then my skin breaks out, actually. I'm, I'm very itchy. I break out in hives. Around my arms and my sides and my face and my neck, my legs. It's uh, pretty difficult, actually. I really don't like it. Like, I, I can't even really drink a full beer anymore. I used to be able to just do all that stuff. Like, I'd start to, and then now I, I do it, and I just, I feel full, and, you know, almost rash-ridden, I guess. It's such a weird kind of thing. I tell you this not to tell you as, like, a confession of some type of alcohol problem, but to express how we get in these habits as artists, where we think, as artists and creative people, where we, we've created things for so long in certain ways. And the problem is, you can't sustain that forever. There is no way to constantly have always made things one way, and then it just stays that way forever. A lot of what we do eventually becomes something we can't anymore. For me, it was sadness, probably more than it was anything else. Alcohol was more kind of a way of dealing with the sadness. But I remember starting to feel happy and a friend of mine making a joke about how are you going to paint anymore being happy? You've probably never painted anything happy. You've probably always been depressed. And he was right, honestly. I really was. Like, I don't remember... I don't remember before that making these long, gorgeous paintings and them being kind of fueled by anything but like a longing of kind of deep sadness. So I've gotten out of that. Almost a decade now. I paint a lot of really great things and I try and make a lot of things with the videos and the, you know, the podcast and the art and the blogs and all those things, the photography. But it's, uh, it's always still difficult. There's no point where I'm like, oh, this is something I've never thought about ever again. Because there's definitely moments where I get antsy and I, I think to pour myself a, a drink of something. I take like two steps and then my stomach starts to hurt. And then my skin starts to itch, and I remember suddenly, it's like, oh yeah, that's why you stopped doing this. It's like, a, it's like my brain wants it so bad it forgets about it, you know? It's crazy how that works. That's what it feels, it feels crazy. But, I'm getting there. I'm finding ways to kind of work on my creativity without 
crutching myself. I don't need to be held up by anything else. I just need to make. So I'm making. I don't love everything. I won't lie. I'd love to lie to you and say that every artistic endeavor I've ever made, even in this year, is something I've, I've felt so passionate and so at one with. Because it hasn't. It's hard. It's hard, particularly when you're, you're kind of your worst enemy in a lot of ways. Like, I remember thinking I was going to have, like, this arc nemesis. <laughs> and for a while I did, but I think he was probably more just somebody who I didn't get along with that I gave a lot more higher status to. It's kind of funny how that works. How, like... Photography has become kind of this thing that in between paintings really kind of gives me something massive to focus on. And then there's these. And like I said, there's videos. The funny thing about the videos is I've gotten so much attention in the last couple of days from all these people writing comments. They're probably just trying to get me to follow them, but it's interesting to have these conversations that engaging with all these people has suddenly given me like this this spark of ideas on what to do next how to make these things how to do these things I'm realizing kind of the silliness and how long it took me to just come to the reality that I enjoy making stuff just because I enjoy making it it's not about likes, it's not about clicks it's not about views, it's not about anything about making and being content with what you do. So I'm working on that. I truly am. There's this point where I've realized that I I just want to make everything around me kind of beautiful. Then I'm going to kind of have it reflect that into what I'm, I'm working on. I think for a long time, a lot of my outside stuff, my studio is, you know, it's messy. I like my mess, but I was worried that by not making it a beautiful mess, I was kind of just throwing a lot of other stuff away. A lot of good and kind of greater opportunities to do something really cool and creative that maybe the projects I needed to work on were more kind of simplistic projects. Like I always said, you know, if this ink was a little closer, then I could reach this and I could do that. So I started putting shelves in my studio and suddenly everything got busier. I need to figure out a way to make a box for my cameras. So I'm gonna do that eventually. It's kind of funny how like the simplistic aspect of it is really kind of it's so jarring and grabbing. Where I'm like, oh yeah, that's all I really needed to do. Let's just put a box together. And that's what I did. I went to Ikea and I got a cardboard box with a pretty little outline on it. And that is how I went with it. The same thing with all the shirts and merch and all that stuff. Like, I just kind of went for it. It's cool. I just need to keep the same momentum going, you know? I think momentum's probably the hard part. 
you you take on 12 projects and then you finish them and you want to rest but the hard part is resting is sometimes the worst sitting still is sometimes the worst part of it honestly when I'm just like I gotta get this done I gotta get this done I gotta get this done and then suddenly I realize like I haven't gotten anything done I'm so focused on trying to get everything done I haven't gotten anything done and that's that's maddening you know it's it'll drive me crazy to run around trying to get every single bit of what I am into 12 different segments but all at the same speed so maybe I need to just kind of focus on two or three things so if I get stuck on one I can still just kind of hop to the next one there doesn't ever really seem to be a real quick answer to it though you know it's just us kind of traversing and going through everything. Someone told me my voice was really smooth and <laughs> so now I'm like concentrating on it. I'm like, you gotta sound like Billy D. <laughs> it's just stupid. But it makes me, I don't know, it's just it's something fun to just be distracted with. I mean like more of me needs to be distracted by all these things. Going to this party tonight. Like Dia de las Muertes party. Because the actual day is during the week. And nobody has time during the week. So this party is tonight, Sunday. And I'm going to go and I'm going to bring a picture for the ofrendas of my grandmother and my grandfather. And they said it's only got to be people. So I'm going to take a picture of Goose and stick it to the back of the photograph in the frame. So that way they don't know that I put it up. That makes me laugh. That I'm being clever about it. Or sneaky. I'm being sneaky about it. I'm not really being clever. But, I don't know. It's little things. Focus on the little things. I think a lot of the times holidays came about so that we had something else to focus on. Rather than our own kind of mind crazies. If that makes sense. And think about it for a second. You focus on Valentine's Day because... Otherwise, you're just kind of focused on work and stress and all these other things. And instead, you, you take a day to just do something kind of sweet. Even though it's a completely commercialized holiday. So it's not really a good example. But, um, yeah, just little things, you know. It doesn't have to... I think we go out of hand with a lot of this stuff. I think we go to, like, these gigantic great lengths to do something insane and something crazy. When in actuality, like... That's not how we should be. We should see these as like days given to us as opposed to days where we have to give so much of ourselves. I mean, we are giving ourselves, but we're not doing it at a level, we're not doing it at the stress level that we think we're doing it. I think that's kind of a humor part of a lot of this. That we are not doing these things at these levels that are backbreaking and we feel like we are but you know at the end of the day your back's not broken you might be a little stressed out but I don't know I'm rambling don't mind me so I'm thinking about some of the paintings that I want to do these gigantic kind of beast like 
giant's insides. Not an actual, maybe an actual too, but, but you know, just in size. These gigantic paintings that are huge and they're beautiful and they're amazing and they grab hold and they, they hook in deep and they make all the things that we're trying to make possible. So yeah, I'm going to do some giant paintings. I might even do what a, a friend of mine does online. She, uh, she takes several pieces of paper and then puts them together so that it's even more gigantic on the scale. So maybe. So, I'm listening to the news today, and lo and behold, shock of all sharks, on the west coast, specifically California, there are wildfires. And I feel so bad for everybody, because I know that's just horrible. Like, I can't even contemplate my friends and these incredible people who are in that area who we are dealing with all this kind of just natural turmoil. And then, lo and behold, like all stupid things, that uh, dumbass president who should be kicked out of office has yet another suggestion on what people should do so to not have to deal with the wildfires. And of course it's a stupid suggestion, thank you. Driving. Uh, of course it's always gonna be a stupid suggestion, like sweep the ground, sweep the forest, and all this other just horribly stupid and accurate things. And it, it comes to me in an ironic point of view because I sometimes give advice to artists, but I, I like to think at least mine is asked before I give it. Um, Stop giving advice to people who don't want it. That's really kind of where that comes from. Like, I can think of this time in my life where Alec and I were driving down the highway from New Jersey and we hydroplaned. And it was really bad. Like, my car spun around in several circles. It was extremely scary. And I, I wasn't prepared, really. Luckily, we, we didn't get hurt too bad. And all those things, but it was very kind of like, it was scary and it was unnecessary, but I don't really know any car crashes that aren't. I like slammed into the barricade, my truck was badly damaged, kept driving it anyways for a while, but the frame was all fucked up. Had to pay like a thousand dollars to get it all aligned and fixed up and so on and so forth. It was, it was bad. And I remember years later talking to someone, just talking about it, and they decided to give me all these tips about, well, see, what you should have done is this. You're doing this, and it shouldn't have gone that way because you're doing this, and et cetera, and et cetera. And I was like, I did not ask for your opinions or your help in this. I did not ask for your... Your... Uh, expertise in this source and it made me mad because it was one of those like I wasn't in the experience I've never had this problem and yet I'm 
I'm feeling forced to just kind of put my two cents in for it. And it was super obnoxious because, like I said, it was like five, six years later. And they're trying to, like, give me, like, this kind of advice on how I should have dealt with it. And it was super, super frustrating. And I can only imagine that's how these people feel right now. Like, they deal with this, you know, this is a, this is a thing that can happen every single year. And so they deal with the possibility and they, they get everything do, done and etc. And then someone who doesn't live there, who has, like, you know, a opinion, but it's an opinion that's kind of an abstract opinion, wants to tell them what they need to do to make their lives easier. Or not easier, just, just so they can squawk in their ear, I guess. I don't know, it just, it makes me mindful of my own, of myself. Like, I think a lot of you young artists are gonna be doing, when I say young artists, I don't necessarily mean you have to be young, but just you're, you're in your infancy of being an artist. You're, you're still trying to figure out what you do and how you make stuff and etc. And I know it's got to be obnoxious when you're critiqued in classes and all these things. Because it's really hard, honestly. Like, you're trying your... You really are trying your best. I remember being there. You're trying your best. You're doing all the efforts you can. And then there's this person who, as far as you know, can't actually even do what you're doing. Who's, like, putting the screws to you for all intents and purposes. That's got to be so frustrating. So... On behalf of all those people, I apologize. Because I, I'm sure at some point in time I have looked some artist in the face who's been struggling with something I've gone. Alright, so when you're your problem you're having is you're you're drawing the mouth is not a physical sharp edge. It's more kind of a discoloration on your face. And then it comes out, kind of like the nose. It comes out, but it's more texture than it is. An actual like hard shape. And they've looked at me and they've rolled their eyes and they're like, just let me draw faces, man. Help me with the thing I asked you to help me with. <laughs> I asked you about how to draw hair. And instead you're like critiquing my whole piece. So to those people, I am very sorry. To my students, to my galeras, to my little meninos and meninos. I, I apologize. I believe that you can make some really great work, and I believe you're already on the track to do so. And if you want my help, I need to help you the way you want me to help you, and not the way that I think you want me to help you. Because it doesn't it doesn't do any good to make something selfishly to to help someone in a selfish way. It, just, it doesn't it doesn't save you. You make someone angry, and then they don't focus on what they were focusing on. So it's not to say that, you know, as a, as a person getting angry, you should not be aware of the factor that, you know, these things are frustrating and they're hard, and I understand that, but you got to figure out how to, you know, make peace with it, which is true, but an antag- something antagonizing you is still something antagonizing. The intention to do so is not does not excuse the accidental pissing off of a person because they asked you a question and then you gave them a completely different question or a completely different answer because you wanted to flex your guns. It's just not the right way to go. 
It's like I said last week, or last episode. We are, uh, not all of us are smart. <laughs> sometimes we say selfish shit, and sometimes we're, you know... And we might not even be right about some of the advice we give you. That's the shitty part. Like, I can think of so many artists in my life who've given me, who's given me advice on things. And I've just not... I'm not caught on about it. Because the advice wasn't good. Honestly. They had, like, a very, you know, Victorian style. And I happily paint like I paint and draw like I draw. I'm not trying to change my style. I love my style. Even then, I loved my style. I hadn't quite figured out what it was yet, but I loved it. I guess the idea is you curate the art and not the person. Or you critique the art and not the person. And a lot of times, they critique the person. And that's the wrong way to go. The things we learn in retrospect, you know? So I finally got my shit together and put out a YouTube video. It's been a while. Uh, I still gotta edit parts and bits because I forgot to put stuff in the description. But, uh, yeah, I think I forgot to put my website link in there. But, yeah, it was good, actually. I've been trying to kind of do them the way I do these now, where I take little sections of my weeks, and then I just kind of merge them all together, and I'm learning how to be a better editor, so I feel like they're more interesting now. Like, I'm I'm just kind of getting a, my, my grips, my teeth into them. I've got this kind of new style that I didn't have before about really kind of getting them started, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, and just working, making all these type of little art pieces. It's so hard to kind of articulate it because it's it's such kind of like a a visual medium. So describing it kind of seems kind of strange. And all of you have already seen it, so I mean, that's that aspect also. But I, I really, I don't know, I've always loved filmmaking. There's just something really magical about it. I even thought about going to film school after school because I was like, you know, I really love doing this. But sadly, I don't find myself having the complete time to make the videos that I absolutely wish I could make. And I don't honestly have the skill either. I mean, I'd like to have the skill one day. And maybe one day I'll work up to it. But I feel, you know, I feel good with what I put out. I don't feel like they're rushed or something's missing or anything of that nature. So that's really cool. Um, And yeah, you know, I remember to put my Patreon on there and my art store. But I forget my actual website. What is wrong with me? You know, it's like, it's not self-sabotage, but it's definitely like you're in a rush You've done all the hard parts, and then the description stuff is just literally what is left. So it's just, you forget these little kind of pieces and puzzle bits and everything. I've been locking the cats out while I edit, because they just climb on my workspace and type things. Long, long sentences that, you know, I'm 
75 letters in them, and so on and so forth. Five, 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 and whatnot. I think they're trying to communicate with us through little cat grumbles, keyboard cat grumbles. That's what it should have been called. <laughs> that may be the title of this episode: Keyboard Cat Grumbles. All right. Um, no, it's just good, you know. It was kind of a slow Tuesday, but I was busy. I've got to redo a bunch of stuff at work. And that is a bit harder than I thought it was going to be. But, um, it's coming along. You know, every day's moving. Every day's got a purpose. You know, sometimes inspiration hits you even after you forget to bring your microphone outside. And there are two things. I know when my ne- I know where my next show is going to be. I don't know when. And I'm going to keep making for me and not for the show right now. I feel like the art's going to be more honest that way. And with that, I bid you do. This has been episode 74 of the Painted Files Podcast, version 2.0. I'm your host, Shore Blake, and I hope you have a great week, a great night, and a great life. I'll see you next time. Painter out. Ciao.